G'day, and welcome to Feed for Thought, a regular podcast from Pioneer covering everything from farm systems to crops and products and much, much more. Hi all, I'm Wade Bell and uh, with me today is uh, one of our regulars, Ian Williams, as you know, and we've got a new guy, we kicked Matt Daly for touch again, and uh, we've got Dave McDonald in his place now, hang on a minute, before we get underway, uh, Matt Daly is the, uh, known as the Mayor of Bunnythorpe. Uh, Dave McDonald, are you are the, the mayor, mayor of Martin. Martin. Yeah. Oh no, <laughs> <Yeah>. no, no. <laughs> yeah, so it's uh, so great to have you along, mate. Can you just quickly tell us who you are and we, which part of the country you're from? Yeah, so uh, Dave McDonald, I'm the uh, the regional manager for the South Island, the Taranaki and the mighty Rangitiki. Yeah. So uh, yeah, so based down in Martin, actually, in the yeah. Lower North Island. Yeah. So, uh, but covering the south and uh, and those other top areas as well. So. So some very nice soils and some great oh. duck hunting. Oh, some some brilliant duck hunting. Oh, yes, it's absolutely right. love you that. Should, you should see, he's got this lake, hey, this private lake, and it's just this best place, I tell you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's great to have you along, Dave. Uh, really good. And you've got a massive amount of experience, uh, which is what we're going to tap into today. Uh, so to give our listeners a bit of background, uh, you know, one of the things that our, our guys uh, in the regions and Ian and I have been coming across is there's a lot of emphasis on, you know, cost control. Uh, so, you know, yeah. and, and one of the key messages that goes out to farmers is where can I trim my costs mm. without sort of compromising my production um, for the season? And uh, and one of the one of the practices is this kind of line by line, you know, so you so go there and you mate. hear it all the time. Yeah. Yep. Let's go through line by line, you know, get out the red pen. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. Yep. So so Ian had this uh, this this idea, which I think I think is pretty good. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, is that we should do the same thing to the line by line on the growing costs of maize because we get heaps of questions yep. and uh, and challenging us around where can we trim the growing costs and and how far can we go before Yield is at risk, if you like. Yeah, so, right. so you're in the hot seat, mate. Oh, I, I don't envy you, to be <laughs> fair. And, it, and it's hilarious because, I mean, as a maize grower, I'm, I'm actually doing this myself. I'm going through, you know, do I actually need this? Do I, or can I reduce mm. there? Or, or what's going to be the impact? And one of the things that we want to talk about today, what around this whole idea of, you know, um, saving a penny, but it's costing us a pound. Yeah. You know, yeah. so false false economy, basically. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so we, we are going to put you in the hot seat. So no, you're that's gonna, cool. Yeah. All right, <laughs> yeah. no, bring it on, guys. Nothing yeah, like okay. a warm welcome to the show. <laughs> uh, sure. Yeah, so, so look, um, you know, for our listeners, uh, you know, they might be familiar with the fact that we do have a growing cost guide in the in the back. We're not going to be mm. talking specifically about the numbers, well, but we are going to be talking about some of the headings that are in there. Where can they access it if they if they want to access it? Oh, yeah, good point. So uh, jump on the website. Uh, it's all fully updated on online. With farmers jump in there to have a look at that. But That's it's the pioneer.co.nz or pioneer.nz. Yep. Yep. yep, yep, spot on. Yep. So look, let's kick into it. Um, I think it's probably just the easiest way is to is to kind of go through that. Uh, I'll I'll kick us off with the first. First one, soil testing. Yeah. Not everybody does it. No. Uh, you know, it's not a huge cost, but what's yeah. the value of it? What oh. should farmers be doing with it? Oh, look, it, it's one of the must-haves, yep. really. Um, you know, all too often we get people saying, well, what do we need? If you haven't got a base to work from, you know, absolutely just making up numbers, really. So yep. so you've got to have that soil test. It's got to be a, effectively a 15-centimetre plug as so well. So that one that I've done on my pasture, you know, the 75 millimetre. Yeah. Is that, yeah. Is, that, is that big enough or is that deep enough? Look, or? it's going to look really impressive because it's, it's really shallow. But uh, <laughs> well, no, maybe you, you that's the go. reason why. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, look, you need to go at depth. So okay. a 15 centimetre sample for a start. And, yep. um, you know, then it gives you your base range as well. So and over time as well, you can see what's actually happening to the soil. So just doing one soil test, it's great, you know, in terms of where you're sitting right at that moment. But in terms of getting a picture over time, you need to be doing them every year as well just yeah. to get that picture. So Yeah. And what and then and then I've got it. 
what sorts of numbers are going to give me confidence around the fertilizer that I'm going to apply or yeah or not or the quantities yeah look and um yeah it's going to depend as well whether you're mm. coming straight out of pasture whether you're coming out of previous crop and what the history of that paddock has been but look you know the, the main ones are the npk obviously to look at and then you can you know look at your magnesium levels sulfate sulfurs as well and and uh available ends you yeah know, mineralizable in as well so you know all of those will paint a picture in terms of what we're going to require so yeah. so, um, so yeah. further down the the list we're going to talk about lime mm. is ph important? Oh, yeah. absolutely okay. yeah sorry missed that one off but ph is Absolutely critical. Like, you know, a lot of our best yields with maize silage um, and maize grain are, are, you know, somewhere in the mid sixes. Wow. So, you know, again, you see a lot of soil tests that are taken and the pHs are down at, you know, five sevens, five eights. Right. So you really need to be pushing those up above six. So lime is critical. So, yeah. I mean, we might as well do lime. If, yeah. So if I've, <laughs> got, if I've got a pH of six, yeah, do I apply or not apply? Oh, uh, well, if that's, I'm a, that's kind yeah. of the. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm a big fan of lime, yep. so I'm always going to say probably get that lime on. If yes. you do skimp on it, you're going to have to just make up that, you know, catch that up at some stage in the future. Yeah. But um, again, you know, like I said, you know, the best yields are coming out in those sort of, you know, low to mid sixes. Um, so if you're sitting at six to try and maintain that, and if you've got a, you know, if you've got dressings of nitrogen and, you know, capital fruit going on as well, you know, over time you're going to have to be getting that lime on. So, yep, you might get away with it for, for a year in terms of no application of lime, but it will catch up with you. So, so yeah. anything below six, just it's a no-brainer. I, I would Let's be putting it on, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. and just uh, one, one more thing about the soil test. Uh, one of the uh, the other practices is deep end testing. Mm. Uh, what, what, what are your thoughts around there? Oh, look, great if you can get somebody to do it. Yeah. That's, that's probably the biggest yeah. issue. So deep is right. how, how deep's deep? Oh, crikey, they're getting down to, what are they? 300? Yeah, oh, no, yeah, 60 yeah, centimetres. Yeah, around that 60 centimetres, yeah. Oh. Um, but again, you know, trying to get somebody to, to actually do it. It was, it was very popular a few years ago, but yeah. um, look, I think a lot of them have yeah, pr- probably moved on from doing that. But you know, there's other methods as well in terms of looking at end results as well now with um, the likes of herbage samples as well and okay. various yeah, yeah. things. So, yeah. Yeah. so, okay, so we've got the soil test. That's all good. Now we're going to get into the biggie, fertiliser. So, uh, you know, we've got obviously your, your base fertiliser, you've got nitrogen you know like we've and we've got the soil test done mm. what are your thoughts around the sort of the best practice i'll give you how about i start with yeah. an example <laughs> Let, let's run with uh you know just a, a, a permanent paddock that's yep. coming out of long-term pasture it's got optimum kind of soil fertility you know let's say 40p k level of six or seven it's on let's say my or ash or an ash soil yes you, you know like so that's I've, I've got that data what am i doing around my my uh, my fertilizer. Well, I mean, first and foremost, you need to be talking to your fertilizer company. Yeah. Um, obviously, talk to the experts in terms of what you're requiring. You know, and again, you can talk to to our team, um, to the AMs as well that are out in the field. But um, look, yeah, you know, at the end of the day, if you've got P levels of forty, um, you know, that's really good. But again, you know, I like seeing phosphate planted close to the seed. So obviously, yeah. it's not that mobile in the soil. Uh, we know that a twenty ton maize silage crops requiring sort of forty to sixty units of P. Yeah. So the closer you can get it better yep you know in terms of the nitrogen levels um potassium obviously we know that uh, maize is a big user of uh, both k and n n if it's limiting is going to limit your yield so that's that's one of the most critical things so any shortages there but look coming out of pasture coming out of a permanent pasture with a good legume base you've probably got a really good available n level in the soil as well yeah so you're going to be able to cut back in terms of your your n requirements and, is, and likewise with k as well you know it is that big be. thing though eh? this is where mm. soil testing kicks in and makes it so important for us yeah because 
absolutely. Yeah, 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 you yeah, need yeah. to know where you're at. That's so right. otherwise, you you are just um just making making up what you what you require. Now, Dave, can I like one of the you know there was a thing oh, I wouldn't have been probably five or maybe ten years ago. People were putting all their fertilizer <laughs> on at the same time, including yeah. so starter base fertilizer, the whole lot. Yeah, that's not recommended anymore, is it? No, look, it's it's not, and I know that people, you know, when they're in a situation with really high fertility and really good soils, and they might be doing a twenty-five ton maize silage crop, they're, they're doing that and getting away with it. But my argument always is, well, you know, if you if you did precision, you planted it closer to the seed, you might do twenty-seven ton. So right. you know, it's it uh, people get away with it, but look, it's not, it's certainly not the recommended way to do it. It's kind so. of like the, the the reason. I mean, you hear it is, is save spreading costs or save travel or save transport, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think it might be false economy. Look, at the end of the day, you know, you need that you need that placement yep. and you need to have that nutrient available when the plant actually requires it. So if you're putting it all up in the base vert and you suddenly get 100 mils of rain, uh, how are you to know whether it's there or not? Yeah, so, you know, yeah. it's absolutely critical to make sure that um, you've got what you need there when you need it. Yeah. So, so just to finish that one out, effluent ground, we're big oh. promoters of growing maize on effluent ground. Can you get away then with just a... Uh, a starter and pretty much nothing else, or is yeah. that too is that too risky? No, look, if you've got effluent ground and you've got good K levels and uh, your phosphate levels good, and you've got a, obviously a very high available N level, um, certainly just getting away with a starter, and you know you might be only using 100, 150 kgs of a starter fruit down there, so um, a bit of pea close to the seed, absolutely perfect. Yeah, yep. um, no, no, no problem with that at all. Uh, but once again, test. Absolutely. Yeah, yep. test, Keep yeah. coming back to that. Yep, you yep. need to have that test done. Yeah, yep, yeah. Yep. Cool. Okay. The cultivation is kind of the next part. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of go, is there anything to be saved on cultivation? <laughs> like, well, I'm, I'm, not, so, so I'm, I'm no guru on yeah. this. Yeah, and like, I mean, look, so one of the things that um, we've done over the past, we've done things like disking and ploughing and strip tillage and a whole lot of different means. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's the current thinking on, on, you know, can we save any costs here? Look, at the end of the day, you're trying to get good seed to soil contact. That, that's the most critical thing. Everyone will have their different ideas around ploughing versus disking versus strip till or, or no till. Yep. Um, so, so long as you're getting that seed in at a good depth and it's got really good seed to soil contact, um, I've got no problem with how you do it. There's a lot of discussion at the moment. Obviously, we have seen northern leaf blight um, through many parts in the North Island. And um, you know, a lot of those guys to get rid of residue will need to cultivate um, and try and get that um, residue down deep, and so it's breaking yeah. down faster. So that's a plough, um, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. So maybe you know, just a disking isn't going to be is advisable. Right. Ploughing to get that residue down, absolutely. But again, you know, if you're coming out of grass, you know, completely different approach again. So right. you know, horses for courses at the end of the day. So everyone's going to have their machinery available to them as well. That's the other. The other issue too, but you don't want to once again don't want to get into false economy. Eh? No, if you're not getting whatever the method. If you're not getting good seed to soil contact, correct, then, then you're wasting your time, aren't you? Absolutely okay. right. Yep. And um, I wouldn't be just trading out something to save you know forty or fifty dollars a hectare. Yeah. Again, just just think it through and yeah. um, and what works best because again, you know the method that you use could be another two ton of maize silage yield. Yeah. So, so this is not so much of a cost saving mm. area. It's about just yeah. what's the right practice for for the paddock that you're exactly. dealing with. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, okay. So we can move on. Here's another contentious one, particularly mm. for us in the in the seed sales, our population. Oh. You know, like we go out there, you know, the, the seeding rate always comes into into oh, question. Man. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's a question. And you hear it, look, you yeah. hear it all the time. Don't yeah. you? It's all, and it's really, uh, there's, there's, yeah, there's some sort of some pretty crazy numbers. We've yeah, got. yeah. Look, and I'm dealing with some grain growers that are doing optimum grain yields, you know, and they're planting at higher plant populations than some guys are with silage. And, yep. you know, my argument is always around, well, what hybrid are you using? Because obviously a longer or later maturing hybrid, obviously you can get away with slightly lower plant pops because the plant has the ability to, you know, a bit more air flex and it's a bigger plant with more 
more leaves as well. But when you're working with hybrids that are shorter in maturity, you have to have that high plant population. Um, and I always say to people, look, you know, you pull back by five or 10,000 plants per hectare, that's five to 10,000 fewer cobs that you've got. Yeah. And, you know, 70% of your energy in every kilogram of feed is in the grain. So, you know, you might have a slightly smaller cob, but if you've got five to 10,000 more of them, you know, that's where your extra yield's coming from. Yeah. Um, so, look, it might seem like a saving, but again, it's going to be costing you in terms of yield um, and also in terms of quality. So, yeah. um, I, unless you're in a really difficult growing area and it comes down to high yield versus challenging yield environments, so challenging yield environments where you've got a lot of wind and you might be on, you know, clay soils and or sandy soils, sandy. sandy soils yeah. as well. Yeah. Yep. For sure, you, you you could probably pull back a little bit, but again, look at our guide in the catalogue. Um, those plant population recommendations or established plant population recommendations are done by hybrid. So you know, if in doubt, talk to our AMs. But um, again, I, I wouldn't be making a really quick rash decision and pulling those plant pops back. Yeah, it's interesting. Eh? Like some of the hybrids, I remember some of the early work, Dave. We we didn't reach the the, yeah. the, the top of the oh. yield curve, and we were up at one hundred and fifty thousand. Now we're not recommending that. No. But what we are saying is that the guides in our in our catalogue are pretty good. Yeah, look, eighty percent of people plant um, in that medium yield environment. Yeah. Um, so you'll get some guys that are doing exceptional yields that can push their plant populations up. But like I said, you know, every hybrid's different. But talk to the AMs as well. You know, they've got a lot of experience in seeing things regionally. Um, so they'll be able to help out in terms of what those populations should be. You mentioned the Q word, quality. I mean, one yeah. of the big fallacies mm. is, is is that you know you you have got lower populations, you get a bigger cob, and therefore mm. the plant is higher quality. Yeah. I mean, I just think about some of that work that was done both in New Zealand and in Brazil, mm. and it's clearly showed that uh, population has no impact on quality whatsoever. That's right. Uh, yeah. It's simply you get a you get a bigger cob, but you also get a bigger stem, so you yeah. got a lot more lignin. So yeah, it, yeah. it actually is pretty stable stable across the different populations. Isn't Absolutely, it? Yeah. it is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you look at some of the populations that we you know are being used for some of the highest yielding silage crops and the highest yielding grain crops, and they are right up. So yeah, no, keep that in mind for sure. Cool. Yep. cool. Quick one on seed treatment. Mm. It's, uh, how, yeah. how much debate? I, I don't actually hear a lot of debate nah. around that one, to be quite honest, yeah. but um, we'll quickly cover it. Yeah, look, I mean, you know, again, the majority in going into a silage situation, if it's coming out of grass, if you've got any um, power in your, obviously, is the biggest harbour of Argentine stem weevil, which is the number one insect pest on um, emerging maize. Yeah, look, at um, it's just a given, really, in terms of the seed treatment. So the L400 treatment give you that protection through the poncho treatment. But then also we've seen a, a massive swing to a lot of 400+, plus, so L400+, plus Lumigen, and that will give you protection against, well, it, it's going to help you with uh, bird attack. So effectively yeah. it deters yeah. the birds. So, um, look, yeah. at, at here, yeah. at home here, we, you know, we've got lots of gullies. It's, it's a no-brainer. We kind of got mm. Pook City. Yeah. And without... L four hundred plus. We're well, you're nearly deep. living in the middle of a bloody forest. To be <laughs> honest, true. yeah. I'm not surprised there are a lot of birds around. Bloody but yeah. it is really critical, and you can tell when you don't put it on. Boy, I tell you. Oh, you look being a, a keen duck hunter. I love seeing the birds about, but they can create a, a lot of trouble with uh, with establishing maize crops. So the four hundred plus, I think, right through the whole country, we've seen a massive uptake of that, and it's just chalk and cheese. And look, don't go just planting your headland area or your areas that are closest to the the, the wetland. Um, you need to plant the whole paddock as well because birds, birds are amazing, aren't oh, they? They're not silly. Yeah, They'll yeah. go to the middle of the paddock. They'll go to the area that hasn't been treated. So, um, yeah, nice. Yep. And and uh, and final one, mm. pre and post emergent. Yeah. And, I, and I, I do hear this one a little bit, particularly around uh, post. Yeah. You know, where they go, oh, it looks mm. pretty clean. Um, I tell yeah, you what. I might give that a miss. You know, yeah. I mean, this is kind of like a classic case of this doctor heal yourself. Um, I, I never forget in the early days of, of walking my paddocks and going, 
oh, there's just the odd weed here. Or there. <laughs> yeah. It should be okay. It should be okay. <laughs> and, then, yeah. Yeah. and then you go through it harvest the day and there's just the green carpet oh. underneath and you're like, oops. <laughs> yeah. Look, my, my approach to it is that any weed is limiting yield of the maize crop. So, yeah. look, I like to see it clean. Don't like seeing anything there. I know, look, it comes down to what weeds you're trying to control as well. Some guys have got perennial weeds that are, you know, um, are really difficult to control and won't be controlled with a pre-emerge, and so they'll have to go with a post-emerge. Yeah. Um, but again, look, those weeds that are coming through early in that stage of development with a maize plant are going to be taking nutrient and moisture away from the plant and competing for light. Yeah. So look, and then when you come in with a post-emerge, you're never getting 100% control because you can't get that chemical right underneath the maize plant. So look, I'm a big fan of pre, and so if we need it's to... A, it's a, you're saying it's a non-negotiable? Non-negotiable, so pre, Okay, yeah. pre is a must? Yeah, absolutely. Post? Post may be required. Again, mm-hmm. if you've got those difficult to control weeds, you might have to go back in with a post. But again, you know, you've got to assess it at the time in terms of just what weeds you have there. And, and it's, you know, it's about the paddock history as well, and you'll know... well. Hopefully your merchant or your your local uh, local rep will know what some of your problem weeds yeah. are in the area or in those paddocks. So yeah, yeah, hundred percent. What are we missing? My pet topic: nitrogen, mate. Oh, you haven't even. Yeah, well, yeah, this is come yeah. on. Look, so, I, I mean, look, I'm a I'm a big fan of nitrogen. Nitrogen is the the major nutrient that's going to limit yield. So we know that we if we haven't got it, we're not going to achieve those those really high tonnages with our maize silage crops. So. Look again, the, the environmentalist in me, yeah, mate, I know, I tell you. I know, but you and, look at, and also too the the cost. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, I mean, we're lucky we're dealing with a plant with such an extensive root system. Yeah, it's extracting nitrogen up from from a you know a really. That, really is, good that is the great so, news, though. We know that it's yeah. not losing nitrogen while it's growing at all. Absolutely. But what about putting on too much? I mean, that's a straight up cost. Yeah, it is. Yep. So look, you know, if you um, uh, the key is really working out what your potential yield is going to be and yeah. making sure that you've got the nitrogen to achieve that yield. So you know, if you're in a low yield environment, don't go putting on nitrogen that is required for a twenty five ton crop. Yeah. Um, just apply what's necessary. Um, and again, if, but if you are in those high yield environments, yeah, you know, you know, you're going to need every kilogram of that nitrogen and um, getting it on at the right time as well is critical. So, you know, we talked earlier about putting it in the base. Again, you know, that's risky. Yeah. Um, putting it on, you know, pretty much from that five leaf stage. So red band gumboot height onwards, you know, 70% of the end requirement is required by flowering. So making sure it's there when the plant actually needs it is the most mm. critical thing. Do you yeah. split dress at all, Dave? I mean, do you you know do you fly on an, another lot later on? Or? Oh, yeah, some of my grain growers do, but that's only because you know they're on thirty year maize grain ground. So, so normally, in a silage situation, yeah. there's more than enough nitrogen to get things yeah. through. Okay, if you're coming out of grass, I mean, you've got a very high available end level, and if you're doing your soil test and you know what you're starting with, you may not need um, any side dressing application. So you know, there's a massive cost saving. Effluent ground as well, you're fine. Yeah. So you know, you could be saving. You know, over a thousand dollars in terms of your food inputs with effluent grounds. So. so, so things we 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 have to do. We have to soil test. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. We have to get good seed to soil contact. Yes, definitely. We have to apply enough fertilizer. For sure. Get um, your plant populations right. Get your plant yep. populations right. Absolutely. Uh, and control weeds. Definitely. Yep. They they are really they are all all key yeah, areas that we don't want to be skimping on. So we don't skimp at all no. in any of those, do no. we? Okay. No. No. So this is a real classic that we're getting to the point now, Dave, where where we have this kind of final word. And what, what typically <laughs> happens in the final word is that we'll, we'll kind of discuss the final word and go to wrap up and then Ian will have a final word beyond the right. final word. Okay, so I'm just I'm just warning uh, you. Look, I've, I've got the zipper now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But that is quite a, that's actually a very uh, concise summary. One of the things I've picked up though, Dave, out of this is that it is very much a case-by-case case mm. and trying to get field expertise in your area just helping you out with a lot of that decision-making. Yeah. So whether it's your fertiliser rep, your merchant, your area manager, mm. 
really leveraging off those guys to help you, you know, come up with a with a plan that's going to limit your cost mm. as much as you can, but not limit your yield. Absolutely. Look, you know, there's not just one application for everybody out there. Everyone's an individual case. So you need to be talking to your merchant rep, to your pioneer area managers as well. Yeah, just approach even every paddock, you know. So, you know, one farm isn't just going to be the same application across the whole farm. So do it on a paddock by paddock basis and, um, yeah, and talk to the experts. Ian's doing really well here. I was wondering whether he was going to come in with a final word, but no, he's not. So look, uh, I'm going to wrap it up there, Dave. It's been great to have you on board. You're an absolute wealth of knowledge. So it's uh, we're, we're really privileged to have you uh, as part of the show. Hopefully, our listeners have got a few a few ideas out of that and, and are going to talk to their uh, to their local field reps for for some help. Uh, for those listeners, hey, look, uh, follow us, uh, subscribe to our show. We'd we'd love to have you listening again in the future. Use Spotify, use Apple, whatever the whatever your preferred app is, and uh, we look forward to you uh, joining and listening in with us again. Thanks very much. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.